0: Welcome to another episode of Life's a Beach. I'm Hoppo. This week I had an interesting chat with Bianca Ismolovsky. She tells us the ups and downs of her career as a comedian and actor and we talk about her latest gig in podcasting. Then later on in the episode, Singlets jumps in the beach shack to bag me out over my knee injury and I will read out some letters from the fans. Now kick back and enjoy the episode. Today we have in the beach shack, Bianca Ismolovsky. Bianca, you have had an interesting career as a comedian, actor and podcaster. Now tell us how you got into that.
1: Well, I come from good stock in the entertainment industry. My um, father is a Croatian pop star who was in Eurovision in the 80s, which is like peak Eurovision time. So I guess I was always just destined to go into the entertainment industry. And yeah, just sort of fell into <laughs> it really. You know, thank thanks to the internet, I guess, you know, anyone can get their content out there. And yeah, I went to radio school, realized that it's hard to get into radio. So <laughs> decided to launch a podcast. <laughs> And that brings us to today.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's tough radio. And was it? funny enough, I left school and went in and worked at Radio 2GB for about four years on the football team. And got a little bit of experience and, and knowledge in the uh, radio industry and sort of done bits and pieces. But ended up drifting off being a professional lifeguard and now doing that for about 30 years. So, well, it's uh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, radio is just, oh, it's, it's a hard industry to break into. But I think I prefer podcasting anyway because you can talk about whatever you want and you don't have to sell McDonald's.
0: Yeah, I know. It's its, it's not as structured, so it's, it's pretty good. You can say what you want and that helps. Yeah,
1: so and you can swear, which is great. That's right.
0: You can say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> So your podcast is We Want to Be Better and you do that with your mate Annie Nolan. How did that come about? I think you've known her for a long time, haven't you?
1: Yeah, well, I actually know her through radio school. That's how we met. And we worked really well together and all of our lecturers just kept saying, you know, get together, be on air together. So we decided to launch a podcast and we came. Well, Annie came up with the idea of We Want to Be Better because she thought there is a lot that she needs to improve on. I was kind of in the camp of...
0: Perfect, you're already perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm perfect. I can I come can along with you on this journey but i don't really have anything (laughs) i need to improve on but you know we've been doing it for a few years now and it turns out oh was not perfect i actually had a lot to to, uh improve on so yeah it's been a long journey and it's good though it's actually you know having a podcast where each week you have to come to the table and pick apart something that you're shit at and become better at it it certainly helps you to become a better person that's for sure
0: so how do you come up with the content like do you just sit there or or something stupid you've done that week how does it all come about
1: yeah it's definitely things that you just notice in your life or you know you see other people struggling with it i Think in the very beginning it was very much just looking at ourselves and being like oh man I'm really struggling with this this week but after a while we realized that there were things that we're good at that we could help other people be better at so now the we of we want to be better is like it's us and all of our listeners that <laughs> want to be better and so people sometimes write in with advice that they want or we will do world issues that are happening right then and there but when it comes to ourselves yeah look I'm learning that there is really no end to the amount of content you can get out of trying to get better at things because you know we all have <laughs>
0: things to
1: improve on certainly all, myself
0: oh yeah I'm not far behind there I've got plenty of things to improve on but so I've like been a uh, yeah. lifeguard down at the tower you go in in the mornings and everyone will bag each other from the time you walked in and the time you, you left in the mm-hmm. afternoon and there's a lot of banter that goes on growing up at the beaches as it's funny when I look back as being a kid when people were bagging me the problem was is if they didn't it meant they didn't like you so if you did get paid out meant that they liked you and then but trying to explain that to other people that haven't grown up around the beaches, it's very, very difficult.
1: Oh, totally. I'm very much like, if I'm very polite to you, it's because I haven't built that rapport with you yet to bag you out. So i mean in the sense of like, if I'm really polite, it's not a good sign. Whereas, you know, if I'm giving you shit, we're yeah. the best of mates. Like I totally <laughs> am on the same page.
0: I know. It's crazy how that works, isn't it? With um your life, you've had a bit of drama in your life. You yeah, know, tell us a bit about your early days. Obviously you love going out partying and and doing everything like that.
1: Yeah. Look, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was just that I was a Croatian, you know, and Cro- and Croats really love to drink. I don't know what it was. I was, a, I was a bit of a party girl. That's for sure. <laughs> But that combined with, you know, just the way that Aussies drink so much, I really was drinking so much, but thinking that I was not a big drinker because Aussies love a drink and it's so ingrained in our culture. And people definitely told me in my life, like, ah, oh, you might have a drinking problem, but you know, <laughs> you just.
0: We don't really listen to you until you work it out yourself, but you probably would have made a lot of mistakes in that time. And, and would you have lost friends as well? People just go, oh, I'm not going near, I'm staying away.
1: Uh, I don't know. You know, like, cause I think when you, when you have a drinking problem, you tend to keep company with people that are in the same camp or that have the same interests as you. And so I just sort of surrounded myself with other drinkers because one, it's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go out and get drunk. So I wasn't going to make friends with people that didn't drink, but also it kept me looking like I didn't have a problem because yeah. if they're drinking just as much as I am, then there's no issue. But yeah, I've definitely done foolish things, but luckily managed to somehow charm my okay. way out. Out of them. Like I remember I got really yeah. drunk one night and booty call texted my boss. Oh. Uh thankfully, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: she, I didn't even realize until the next day because I actually meant to booty call someone else, like a, a different yeah. person. Yeah. And then the next day yeah. I woke up and I was really upset because the guy didn't get back to me. And so I went to my messages to delete the message, hopefully somehow deleting like it ever happened. <laughs> and um yeah, I saw that I actually texted my boss. So
0: that would have been awkward. Uh, how'd you go back to work dealing with that? That. <laughs> well
1: i i you know he called me the next day and he was like how are you feeling today and i was like oh you know it, that was a mistake you know haha like and he he like we had a little laugh he was really laid back about it but when i went into work on the monday yeah he told <laughs> everyone like the whole office knew i copped so much shit and i'll never live it down so just another peak in the uh, life that i live yeah <laughs>
0: So so at what point did you realise, look, I've got to stop drinking here. I'm I'm, I'm too much.
1: I mean, you know, everyone has those hangovers where they're like, I've got to stop drinking, but you just never do. I was just one of those people. Like I'd have these hangovers and be like, no, this is it. I'm reeling it back. And I think as the older that I got, the less cute it became. Like when you're just before 25 if you drink as much as I did it was sort of just like oh you're still young but once you're over 25 it's like oh you know is it ever going to slow down is there going to be a point where it stops and I definitely was teetering along the edge of being like oh you know my body can't really take this anymore but my husband actually just pointed out to me that my drinking really affected him and hearing it come from him because he's he'd never brought it up before and I was confused I was a bit taken aback because I just thought he adored me and worshipped the crown I (laughs) walked. was so surprised to find out he'd been you know harboring this hatred for my drinking and that's when I realized, oh, okay, I've got to stop. But that's when I realized I had a problem because it's easy to, you know, say that you want to stop, but when you don't think you have a problem, there's no need. But when someone says, "Oh, it's, this is an issue for me," can you please stop drinking? And you realize you can't. That's when it really it took about a year of struggling with it. That and that's until right. I actually yeah, gave it
0: it, up. it really hits home, then, doesn't it? Yeah. And and do you drink now? Do you, like does that mean you went cold turkey and that was it, and you haven't had drinks since? Or yeah. How long's that been?
1: Since the 11th of June last year, 2019, I've lost track of time in 2020 i have no idea so I, I would like to tell you how many months it's been but i have no idea but yeah i went out one night and i didn't even want to drink and somehow just got roped into it with my friends and the next thing i knew i woke up the next day no recollection of how i got home and i was like enough is enough and i just stopped drinking and i yeah. haven't had a drink since
0: that's a great effort there's not many people can do that it's a great effort and so how did your husband deal with that then from the alcohol drinking to then the sober
1: yeah i mean he was impressed i think he'd didn't think it was going to last like even though I was like oh my god this is amazing and I'm never going back I'm never drinking again and naturally I think he was a little bit Skeptic Can't say I don't blame him. But after about a month, I think it really sunk in that, yeah, this is the way it's going to be. And, you know, he had his own issues with smoking too much weed. So I think um, it kind of maybe made him panic a little bit, actually, because he was like, well, if she's going to be sober. Now, I really don't have a reason to not be sober. So, yeah, it meant that he got sober, too. So we were both actually sober for the first time in our lives in a really long time. So it was actually really good.
0: Oh, that's great. But you still get trigger points like that 12 months you haven't had a drink and... Is there still dark times there that you've really got to work at?
1: I don't have an issue in wanting alcohol. I I, I don't do the like day at a time. It, it's not on my mind. But yes, there are things in my past <laughs> that I struggle with. Like, you know, I have memories, very hazy memories or, you know, just things I guess that I've blocked out and sometimes they will rise up and that is incredibly fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. You just kind of just got to accept that, you know, I'm not that person anymore. It's in the past, but... <laughs> Easier said than done, yeah, that's I for know. sure.
0: It, it, oh, I've got the same problem. It, it, things in my past pop up here and there. It's not, you always want to just shut them out and forget about it, but yeah, it's pretty hard.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, yeah, my missus just goes, oh, here we go again.
1: <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, deny it happened. Keep it in the back of your head. Just like, yeah, no, deny, deny, deny. And eventually it'll go away, right?
0: Well, on another yeah. uh, topic, when I was looking through, doing a bit of research on you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, no. Fun fact. It came oh, up God. fun facts, and it said, now I just want to see if this is true. Like this could be a myth. Okay. It could be a myth, but mm-hmm. you used to have a tissue eating addiction. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Why is that on the internet? Like, yeah, I did. I you did. did. I I am ashamed to admit. See, that I got did. you there. I knew <laughs>
0: I'd i to dig deep to find it, but I when I saw it, I've gone, oh, you beauty. But then I was worried, That's even better. It's true. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it is true. I think I was about like 15 or 16 when this happened. And I don't know, like I, didn't, I never told anyone about it ever for years and, years and years and years until I brought it up one time and my friend was like, that is so not normal. But yeah, I just would sit and eat tissues. Like I would watch a film with just a box of tissues like it was popcorn. Like that was my snack, just eating tissues. Like, and I couldn't stop. I would eat them every day. And then one day it just ended and but clearly there was something wrong there and yeah so it is true it is a fun fact about me that people are like, I forget about it until someone brings it up like you did just then. And uh, yeah, it's, it always shocks people. That's for sure.
0: Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I just had to get one in. I know you, you've done a lot of comedy. So I just yeah. thought you got to get one in first before then you rip into me. So yeah,
1: I mean, obviously at this point I don't write jokes. I just am the joke because come on, that's really bad. <laughs>
0: Another, um, you know, obviously I work at the beach as a lifeguard. And so I was just wondering, is there any bad experiences you've ever had at the beach?
1: Oh, that is a really good question. Okay. Yes. One time. So I, I'm come, I come from Perth, WA. And in WA, there's this little beach town called Wedge Island. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's no. this little like... Is it out of Perth town. or just, just Yeah, just Perth? past yeah. Lancelin.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. Vaguely, like, so vaguely, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So up, up north a little bit. And up there, it's like this shanty town and you can just sort of make a little shack. And we used to hang out there when we were kids and we could drive. Again, I don't know if this is, I mean, people don't do this now, so don't go there. But <laughs> you, kids could drive around in cars and, you know, you just get like a bomb car and you'd bomb around. And one of our friends bought a V-Dub Beetle. And because, you know, you're just sort of making these cars, they're, bu- they're bombs. You're going to put a lot of money into them. They just had a regular car battery to put in it. But the, there's a specific battery that goes into those cars because the battery sits beneath the seat in the back because there's not a lot of space in the car and they put a regular battery in instead of the small one. Right. And we were driving down the beach and it caught on fire <laughs> and I was sitting in the back seat and there's just flames coming up and we all had to yeah abandon ship and we just drove the car into the water so yeah that was probably the worst thing that's happened to me at the beach yeah not great
0: well, that's a, that's, <laughs> yeah. well so you can do whatever you want in Perth there's different rules isn't there <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is truly a different it's a different country sometimes like I go back there I, I forget how Melbourne I've become I'm such an east sider now but yeah it It's very different back there. And yeah, evidently we just do whatever the hell we want. That's the Perth
0: way. Also, what's the beach mean to you? You obviously would have gone to the beach a bit up when you're in Perth. Not so much, I suppose, yeah. in Melbourne. It's not the greatest beaches down there. <laughs>
1: you have no idea. Like, coming from WA, when I first moved to Melbourne, it was like April. So I didn't, I was here for ages before I even had a day to go to the beach. And it was like really good weather. And my friends, like, let's go to the beach. And we rocked up, I think, to Port Melbourne. And I was like, okay, but where's the beach? What is this? And they're like, oh, you've got to drive a good hour and a half to get to a good beach in Victoria. I was like, oh, fuck no. That's awful. Dude. It's shocking. It's, barely a beach but yeah i spent a lot of time at the beach as a kid and yeah in wa it's part of the lifestyle yeah what does the beach mean to me that's really throwing me for a loop it's certainly a very i have a so i feeling in my chest when i think of the beach yeah it's a really spiritual place for me and i just feel very free when mm. i go to the beach it's, it's always a good time it's like i think that there are people that respond to the, the water Like, I I love living by the water. There's something about it that speaks to my soul. And um, that's how I feel when I go to the beach. I'm sure that you probably feel that way more than Uh, I do.
0: Yeah, 100%. I I mean, I can sit and watch the ocean and the surf for hours and hours. It's just never get sick of it, never get bored of it. I tried to work out a while ago how many hours I've actually watched the ocean. So I've worked 30 years as a lifeguard, (laughs) grown up at the beaches as a kid. I, I couldn't even get near on how many hours I probably watched it.
1: Yeah, oh, I wouldn't even be able to ballpark it actually. Like you know, there's just like I I do envy people that live on the beach because it's just yeah, there's just something about it that draws me to it. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Just,
0: uh, it's a great, it's great for your spiritual. I think, as you said, it's yeah. it's fantastic. And
1: also, yeah, and I love the smell of coconut oil. So yeah. all I think of when I think of the beach is that reef coconut suntan oil. <laughs> yeah, great memories. Bloody love it. <laughs>
0: so one more <laughs> question I've got for you. Um, yeah. What's one TV show you wish went longer without ruining it or rebooting it.
1: Oh, this is going to be such a geeky, dorky answer.
0: That's good. That's good. That'll give me. That'll give me more material to bag you <laughs> then. <laughs> yeah, look,
1: it's going to be a show that like no one's even heard of. But there's this British show called The Thick of It, and it's this very like i think british people just when they do comedy they do it the best like the brits just they have comedy down Yeah. and this is definitely like the driest comedy i've ever seen in my life and it's just about politicians Right. but it is absolutely the best one of my favorite shows i've watched it so many times but there's only four seasons because it's british and they don't they only do the smallest shortest friggin season yeah. but yeah i I got, I got depressed when it ended, you know, it was just like, my life was over and there's only four seasons. so like, you know, I've just watched it over and over again, but yeah, I wish, I do wish that that could have been one for sure. All
0: right. Fantastic. Great answer. And it's been a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. It's been awesome. Thank you for having me on. And I do recommend you go and watch that show. Like if you like dry British humor, for sure.
0: Mate, as soon as I get out of this studio, I'm going to Google it <laughs> straight away. Yeah, and also,
1: you know, any time that you're after a good snack, might I recommend a tissue?
0: Yeah, that's right. And then, yeah, (laughs) well, I'll be a worry. If I start taking that up, I'm going to really start thinking about I've got problems.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely don't. Do not. I don't recommend. Ten out of ten, do not recommend.
0: (laughs) What a chat and what a career. It was great hearing from Bianca. And now we move on to this week's Beach Banter. Welcome to this week's Beach Banner, where Singlets is here to give me a bit of payback and bag me out about my knee injury at Bondi. Now, Singlets, I will give you the honours to tell the story.
2: Yeah, this is a good one. I remember it being a a Friday afternoon, hot, sunny Friday afternoon, probably as good as Bondi gets, one of those afternoons we all look forward to. And and we're in the tower, just sort of about to start pack up. And I remember sort of Harrison and uh, I think it was Max down... North Bondi and they were over near the rock pool sort of end of the beach and just doing a walk a surveillance walk and I remember getting a call on the radio from Harrison and Harrison was running when he put this transmission across and when someone's running and they speak on the radio there's usually something going on and There was this panicked transmission that came across and it was something like North Bondi to Central, bring the defib, there's something going on here in front of the surf club, someone's down, bring the defib, bring the medikit, bring bring it all. So we were like, put the binoculars up and there's a crowd sort of forming around the water's edge at North Bondi and we're like, oh no, someone's, you know, something's really serious here. So we sped out of the tower with the defib medikit all the gear. There were three of us in the buggy, pretty much drove down there as almost as fast as the buggy can go, thinking we're on for a recess here. Harrison's run down from north. We're getting closer and I'm trying to work out what's going on as we're getting closer. Someone's in the water in the shore break and I'm thinking, oh, this person's drowned in the shore break somehow. I don't know how this is happening. Anyway, we get closer we're pulling up and I said to one of the boys I said is that a Hoppo in the water there like and then this, this sight of poor Hoppo just lying next to his ski in the shore break his surf ski he's come off his surf ski in the shore break and he's kind of like just sort of like this lifeless creature in the, in the just in the water getting knocked around by waves and, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on here and I said to the boys what's he doing you know and so we got out of the buggy and got all the medical gear and poor thing you couldn't move you were uh,
0: literally like yeah, <laughs> I mean what I did, I came in I've probably done a a million times over the years and just in the shore break I went to get off the ski you put your left leg down to you know step off yeah. and the shorey just just kicked that little bit more and just drilled and buckled my leg in basically in half and it was that painful when I went to stand up I couldn't stand up so I had to keep pushing with my right leg off the bottom yeah. to get a breath And then go back and 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 go back under in the shore break, and I'm thinking, geez, I'm not going to be able to get out of here. And the worst person that I've known for my whole life, paddled with my whole life, Jimmy Walker. And do you think he'll ever let me forgive this? He had to help me out of the water, and to this day, every time I turn up. He says I'm only alive because he rescued me.
2: <laughs> well, I know Jimmy Walker pretty well too, and if there's anyone you don't want to be helped by, it's Jimmy Walker. And we used to call him the Mouth of the South. But yeah, he he probably wouldn't have been your you know your best defence there. And and I even remember when when we pulled up, we were like, oh, how embarrassing is this for oh, us? Like we're gonna have to help him out of the water. We brought the defib, we brought everything, the whole beach was looking. And and like I said, you just look so helpless there flopping around in the shore break. I thought, oh no.
0: I remember um, being, yeah, that embarrassed. I'm I'm sitting there thinking, right, I can't move my knee. But then I thought, well, it's not going to get the better of me. There's no way that they're going to have to drive me back to the tower. Yes. So I got up finally and then hobbled the whole way back to, to, to get changed and then head off for some x-rays and MRIs yeah. and anything else and ended up tearing my break the bottom of my um, kneecap and then oh. also tore all the ligaments around there so that was a, a nice oh. six to eight weeks in a, in a knee brace and then followed by you know about three or rehab. four months of rehab so yeah.
2: Oh, I just felt so sorry for you because, you know, like you, you, you don't want to have to rescue your boss. You know what I mean? Like,
0: <laughs> you know, I hope
2: been the king of Onda I'm getting rescued by the boys. And you're right, you didn't take that lift. We offered you a hundred times to, <laughs> t- you know, drive you back. And, you know, you, you got your own, you got home under your own steam. <laughs>
0: well, it's, it's probably lucky you guys came down. There's probably some that wouldn't come and help me, yeah. but anyway. <laughs>
2: no, that was definitely memorable in my books.
0: Mate, thanks for coming in the Beach Shack. Good to have a chat. No problem. It's always great to have singlets in the beach shack. And now it's time for the mailbag where we hear from some of the fans. In this week's mailbag, we have Samantha from Cornwall in the UK. And she has sent in two questions today. So the first one, what career would you have done if you hadn't become a lifeguard? Well, I suppose that one I would have been probably in radio. I uh, started off in radio when I left school. and That was something that I was quite passionate about and hence doing podcasts now. And I've always done a little bit of radio throughout my career. So I probably would sway towards being on radio. Samantha's second question, have you ever done a rescue that has changed you or changed your outlook on life? Well, Pretty much I've done plenty of rescues over the years but there probably was one rescue that I did many years ago and it was with a a father and his son was still on the beach and I got to the point where it was that critical whether I was going to have to let the father go and save myself or continue and get out of the difficult situation and uh, let the father get back to shore. But the issue I had, I didn't know the son was watching and when we came in, he was there, ran up to his father and gave him a hug and so happy. So that changed my life where I thought if I had to let that father go, and he would have no doubt would have drowned what I would have dealt with and that would have totally changed my life uh, down the track if that didn't happen. So all good and uh, the scenario ended up uh, very good. That's all we have for this week's mailbag. Feel free to keep sending in your mail and I will try my best to get back to all of you. Thanks everyone for listening. Remember to subscribe to Life's A Beach wherever you get your podcasts and hit us up with questions, comments, or follow us on our social media channels, which you can find in our show notes. That's it for today, beach fans. Stay safe and swim between the flags.